I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be sharing with you lessons I've learned and conversations I've had that will help you become who you want to be together. None of us are immune to struggle. Even those who grow up in a Christian home still experience the ups and downs of coming of age. How we get through these seasons successfully has less to do with avoiding those common setbacks and more about being equipped to navigate them. These setbacks and bumps in the road don't have to hinder our future growth. Instead, we can find encouragement to grow in faith, friendship, and community with brave next steps. This week's guest, Amy Debrick, says it doesn't require a degree in theology to do this, but rather a willingness to grow and learn about the love of God. In our conversation today, we talked about the new journal she wrote with her daughter called Emboldened. It was created to bring confidence, courage, and resources to young adult women. In our conversation, we touched on what it means to be fearless and how reaching out to others in community can help heal us. Are you struggling to keep track of everything that's going on in your family? I get it. Managing everyone's expectations and schedules can be challenging. However, a regular family meeting can change that. These weekly check-ins enable you to approach each week with purpose and more connected to one another. If you need help getting started, download our free family meeting packet, which includes sample agendas and discussion topics. Go to www.buildyourbestfamily.com to get your copy today. Today, I'm talking with Amy Debrick. Amy is a wife, mother, survivor, encourager, and believer. She loves entertaining, chocolate, and hit workouts. Amy is the host of the Life on Purpose podcast and sends out weekly encouragement and resources to her subscribers. She loves writing and has been featured in various publications, including WomenEncouraged.com, DarlingMagazine.org, and Thrive Global. Her first book, Embolden, released on April 23rd of 2021. Welcome, Amy, to the podcast. It's so fantastic to talk to you today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have our conversation today. So a question that we ask all of our guests is, what is your family known for? Well, you know, it's funny when you had sent me that earlier, and I had to really think about that. And I think the takeaway always for our family is just closeness. And you and I were kind of talking about that a little bit you know, before we recorded and just always trying to be there to support each other. Yeah. I love that. And that's something that you cultivate over time for sure. Yeah. I I definitely think it's something that's intentionally you create. It's not Mm -hmm. something, you know, as you and I were talking about, I think it's something that you, it can, it can evolve organically from, but with intentional action and how you're really fostering those relationships with your, you know, with the kids and how they're doing it with their siblings. Mm-hmm. And what are the things that you like to do when you're together? Oh gosh. I mean, we're kind of all to some degree, and I have to laugh at this as introverted where we can just hang out and, you know, kind of be goofy at home. And, but we love going to the beach. We're definitely beach junkies. So that's probably our favorite thing, but we always try to find something to do where we kind of are exploring together. So Ron and I have never really um, been a couple who have, and, and this can be good and bad, 
because I do think adult time is important, but anytime we've gone to like a new place or whatever, that's when we kind of incorporate that into like a family vacation because we Mm want to kind of explore and do all of that with them. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can totally relate. There's so many things. I'm like, the kids can't miss this. Like we took a trip for my 40th birthday and the whole time, like we have to bring the kids back. We have to bring Like, I almost felt like, why are we doing this without them? Like, I don't want them to miss this. So I can totally relate to that. That's totally me. Okay. So you're here to talk to us about your new book, Embolden, that you wrote with your oldest daughter. So tell us a little bit about the story about the book and what prompted you to write it. So Embolden really kind of came from conversations with my oldest daughter. She was about a sophomore in college. And, you know, coming from a Christian home, I think that we both set ourselves up for some naiveness assuming that she wasn't going to fall into those same pitfalls that every young adult falls into at that age. You know, and for her, it was living out her faith, really kind of finding and getting in with the right people. And, and so through those conversations, it actually reminded me of those similar issues that I had had at her age and how, gosh, you know, here it's 20 something years later. And they don't go away. And, and even to a degree where some of the things and how we broke the book up, they're things that never go away. I mean, some of those I can still, you know, a lot of them, I can still deal with it at 50 years old. And so that was kind of the beginning process. And, and then with those conversations, I just said, well, what do you think about creating something that we could offer as a resource for, um, for the girl, number one, who knows, who doesn't have any faith at all? and really doesn't know where to pull from. Mm-hmm. And then the, the girl like you, who who does have that foundation of faith, but is struggling to really grasp it and move ahead with it. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of really where it came from. And, and then that was just, you know, and then just kind of went on from there. Oh, wow. So what is the mission of Embolden? I think the mission for us is to meet women where they are but just not leave them there. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that can sound almost kind of like too vague or confusing. So I'll just clarify in saying that I think a lot of times, you know, we, we find ourselves maybe having an initial discussion with whether it's our child or, or recognizing somebody who's struggling, maybe in a young adult age group. But after that initial conversation, there's not a lot of follow-up. Or there's not a lot of resources for action. Like, you know, well, what what can you practically actually do? What is the next step? You know, how can I continue to support this person? And so I think that that's where we, we wanted to create this book is to really not only be there, because again, we also had to be very intentional. Blair and I are both, we always say introverted. So we needed to that book to really relate to that person who her first grade step is just buying the book and, and journaling it through it independently. So you know, we just want to make sure that when you, when you do finally reach out and you find that support from somebody else, that they, they stay with you, you know, that you, and, and, and that you're reciprocating that as well. Sometimes we get in our own head and you forget that some of the healing and growth comes from reaching out to other people and and how can you be there for them as well? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to be reaching out to other people. I feel like over the past year and, and even when, you know, you talk about your daughter and her being in her sophomore year of college and being away from home and being out of community, out 
of an environment that continually fosters your faith and your relationship and the things that you, that come up. I know, um, I just keep thinking of the dynamic of the last year about how, even though I'm still in touch with many of the friends that I would go to church with, we're not in church. We're not connecting. We're not growing. Like we've had to really, like at one point we had to go, oh, we need to take charge of this, start connecting, start growing, start getting back to the place where we're being challenged and working this stuff out. And so that's why I think this book is so important is that you can take it and you can work on those things. Right. Right. And I think that the one thing about that is you can work on them a little bit privately Mm -hmm. while you're gaining that courage to Mm -hmm. reach out. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that it's hard sometimes. I think it's hard for the, like the girl who isn't sure, didn't grow up with faith and Mm -hmm. feel secure enough and not disqualify herself thinking, oh, well, I could never join this Bible study. I don't know anything about it. It's way out of my league. You know, they wouldn't want me there anyway. And I think a lot of times, especially at that age group where you're you're heightened of insecurities, you see that a lot. And so then nothing happens. You know, they don't do anything. And so, yeah, I think it's really important to just foster those relationships, but let them know that they're not alone also. Yeah, I love that. So what was it like writing this with your daughter? I mean, you said you guys are close knit, but yeah, talk to us more about that experience. Well, we always laugh about that experience because we are very close. We're very close family, but we're still mother daughter. (laughs) But so you, I'm sure can relate to the parenting dynamic in that. I think the hardest part writing this with her wasn't really the topics. That was Mm. the easy part. The hardest part was she's a few hours away at school she has other priorities. And so us really connecting on different things, you know, for her, like deadlines for the book and things, just different expectations that Mm -hmm. she wasn't necessarily, I would say, had ever had thought about signing up for because, you know, she's going to school for something entirely different. Mm -hmm. So I think that was the hardest part. But I think the one thing that we really learned about that was really you know, communicating well and adjusting our expectations for, for each other. And really kind of within that, I think it gained a a different level of respect for where we were both coming from. And, and then we were really more able to enjoy the process once those things were kind of got out of the way. Yeah. I'm a big fan of families doing projects together because that's where you kind of like show up, you work through your stuff, you learn how to work together, you realize that you're a part of something and that you have a part to play that's important. And yeah, that's like the easiest way people can connect with me is let's do a project. (laughs) You're challenged. It's fun. You're not alone in it. Yeah. Right. But I think you're right. I think it, it does it does really encourage better communication, better mm-hmm. relationship because you are working as a team mm-hmm. as opposed to, I mean, I, and I think we could all relate to this, you know, my husband and I always laugh about this. Like for me, it's inside the house stuff for him. It's outside the house stuff. So like, for example, you know, I always say my expectation of cleaning is way above and beyond everybody else's here. Mm-hmm. Having said that, I, I still have them do their part. Now I may have to have it be repeated, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but I'd rather do that than just say, never mind. I'll just do it myself. Mm -hmm. 
because I feel like they're not really gaining with that anyway. And the same thing with my husband outside, you know, you know, sometimes you get frustrated as parents and you feel like it's just easier if I just do it by myself. Mm -hmm. And we had moments like that, but none, neither one of us wanted to do that. And we, and we weren't going to do that, but it's, it's natural to have those moments where it's like, well, it would just be easier. And it would, who are we kidding? You know, when you have a clear direction on something and somebody else's direction might look a little differently, it it is easier, but is that the best thing? I don't think so because Mm -hmm. then it it allowed me to really look, think, look at things from her perspective. And it allowed her to kind of open up and look at things from my perspective and what was important to me. So Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think that that's doing things together, I think is a huge bonus. Yeah. So you break the journal up into four weeks, fearless, kindness, temptations, and growths. So why are these things important? I mean, you said that the topics and what you talked about was the easy part, right? So yeah. tell me more about where these came from and why it was so easy. I think they were easy because like I had mentioned, they were not only things that tripped me up 20 something years ago but they can still trip any woman up or anybody up today. Mm -hmm. We all face times of being, you know, needing to be fearless and what courage looks like and how we can get it. And we all fall short with temptation and what that looks like. You know, it's Mm -hmm. different for every person, but just those topics were just seemed like those were the strong points, especially at that age. I mean, for her, it was, we really talked through, we, we did make a list and kind of went through of what, you know, what were the highlight ones? What were four highlights for her? And, you know, mutually we kind of came up with those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I give me an example. What was that? I think they just don't go away. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm looking at them and I'm like, this, this isn't age specific, but <laughs> by right. any means. Right. So, so tell me a little bit more about what one of the weeks looks like. So we kind of have it laid out where, first of all, it's a, it's a journal, so you Mm -hmm. can write in it and it's a magazine style. Mm -hmm. So we start off, we, we start off with whatever that topic is. So let's say it's fearless. Mm -hmm. And then we also, along with that, in, in like starting with, you know, identifying your fears. So we want to have a beginning point for each week on, you know, what the goal is. And, you know, how to get, how to get to be fearless. So first, you know, for, for that week, we are having them identify what their fears are. We kind of work through that with scripture, with some journaling, reflection on their end. And then we always give them some resources, what she and I have used to help us. We didn't want to put anything in there that we personally hadn't used or experienced in a positive way. And then we, we always end on a rest day something fun, something age appropriate, something that doesn't cost a million dollars, you know, that is hands-on that you can do. And just, just to kind of appreciate whatever your win was within that week of trying to become fearless. Mm -hmm. So we thought that was really important to kind of give a reward because we know how difficult it can be to, to find courage, to, to be fearless, to do one thing that scares you. And so that's what we, that's how we have it set up each week for each topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So what are some actionable steps that a woman can do to embolden herself or others? And then we can talk specifically as it pertains to family. Well, I think to embolden herself is really just to address her fears head on. I think mm-hmm. the hard part is when we kind of let our fears dictate our next step 
or hinder our next step because we're we're embarrassed, we we're are, we're insecure, we're unsure, and all of that. So I think it's always a great first step to write out what where do you want to be, where you're at, and what is holding you back. Because I think sometimes when you are able to just like sit back and and take a minute and write things down and look at it, they're not as daunting as they feel like when you, you know, when you are in that process and you are feeling like, oh, I could never do that. And then just start from there, start from that one thing. I think it's also really important to not overwhelm yourself. We even say in the book at one point, like take your top three. If if you write a list of 10 things, immediately you're going to, you're not going to do those. You need to take one brave step at a time. And one brave step could literally be something as simple as, you know, signing up for a class at the Y or, you know, just something that you feel like, gosh, you know, I don't want to show up alone. You know, people don't realize, especially, and I, and I repeat this quite often because like I said, Blair and I are are more introverted personalities, but those seemingly insignificant first steps can be painfully difficult for somebody that is not naturally, you know, comfortable just, you know, showing up or, you know, outgoing and, and can just put themselves in situations. And so I think you have to be careful and really appreciate, okay, I can do this one thing. I can make this one phone call to this one person and maybe Mm -hmm. reconcile an argument or, or a difference that we had six months ago. That's, that's a big step. And it's, you know, I want them to recognize that, but I think you first have to address what the fear is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. You know, and I find sometimes, well, probably all the time, once I actually take that step, Mm -hmm. it just gets easier. And then I kind of say, what was the big deal all along? You know, and and there were some steps you may take that don't turn out the way you plan. So maybe you're like, oh, maybe that wasn't (laughs) a good idea anyway. (laughs) That didn't turn out. Right. (laughs) Once you've done it, you can move on to the next thing. Is that what you found? Absolutely. It is. It's like a chain reaction. Mm -hmm. Once you can just go and do one thing, then you, you, like you said, then you're like, okay, I can, I did it. You know, I can do that. Mm -hmm. And then it's just, you know, from there, maybe you're signing up for one class. Next thing you know, it's a year later and you're doing your first 5k or something Mm -hmm. like along those lines where if you, somebody had asked you that two years ago, you would have been like, Absolutely not. I I would Mm -hmm. never do that or I could never do that. So yeah, that's that it really does. It's kind of like a trickle effect Mm -hmm. of how, you know, with each step. Yeah. So, so working through this, what, how have you grown personally and how has it helped you show up for your people? I think for me, it just makes me more accountable. It makes me more intentional about what I am doing and what I'm not doing. And I think when you have those resources in front of you, it's just a matter of what am I choosing? Mm. And so for me, that's really where the growth came. As well as I think for both of us, it's something that I think we both recognize that because these are topics that I feel like are ageless, it's it's okay to keep going back to it. I think when if you if you get to a point where you're like, oh, you know, I've mastered that. I think that's when you need to start readdressing because I don't think you can ever totally master that or you wouldn't mm-hmm. be growing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was kind of a good reality check for me is it, it's a constant, it's a constant process. It's a constant choice and it's, an, it's constantly an intentional 
action and decision on my part on, you know, am I living the life that God has laid out for me? Or am I living the life that I, I want to lead right now, or that I think that I should lead? Because, you know, the other thing with that is I think that people, and, you know, as far as my family goes, is people are watching and listening all the time, even when you don't realize it, even when you don't want it, Mm -hmm. that's just the reality. And so I have to make sure that what I'm saying and putting out there aligns most of the time, because nobody's perfect of what I'm trying to accomplish, Mm -hmm. especially in them, you know, now that my kids are becoming young adults, I I want them to do the same thing. I want them to take that same accountability. You know, you Mm -hmm. can't do this and then say that it just doesn't add up. Yeah. Yeah. And I always like to say that kids know kids are paying attention. Like you said, they're watching. And if they see us grow in these areas, then I think it gives them the courage to grow in these areas as well. I think so too. And keeping the conversations open, especially for family. I think Mm -hmm. one of the best things for Blair and I was, I don't think you have to air every dirty laundry or every mishap that you ever had, but I do think it is nice and it strengthens relationships to be honest, you know, like, yeah, like I dealt with these same things. Mm -hmm. I get it. You know, I, I think when they always feel like you're so much farther ahead and you, and you don't have the ability to maybe, you know, put your vulnerabilities out there a little bit Mm -hmm. for the sake of them feeling connected and under like you understand, I think that that can be hard. And so I really appreciated that in this process with her as we had a little bit more deep conversations because I had to be honest about some experiences that I had that related to things that she was facing right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can remember a conversation I had with one of my daughters and she was like, well, you're so perfect and you do everything right. And I was like, oh, I guess it's time to sit down and really talk and really help you understand. I mean, yes, I'm ahead. Yes, I know more than you, but here's the mistakes I made and here's how that affects me now. And here's how I feel about my now grown up situations that aren't very different from your middle school girl situation. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But so I, allowing think sharing, to I think you can't pull somebody up if you're not willing to kind of reach back and share with your own experiences. I think mm-hmm. you're so right. It's, yeah. it's hard. And I think as parents, don't you, and especially moms, I think because we are trying to instill certain morals and still certain values. And, you know, I mean, be the disciplinarian. Of course we look more like we have it together. Oh, it's mm-hmm. perfect. Cause we're not, we're not going to sit around and, 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 and model, you know, inappropriate behavior and do all of that. So I, I get that, but I, that's why I think it's important. And I think that that was my revelation also, like you had with your daughter with Blair is that there came a point where when she was using that same kind of language, like, well, I wouldn't understand. And it was like, you know what? This is an opportunity for me to tell her I exactly understand what she's going mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes people can miss that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. <clears throat> All right. Well, this was a great conversation and I'm excited to get this book for me and my daughters. Yeah. So I appreciate you being with us here today to talk to us about that. Well, thank you so much. It was a great conversation. You and I are definitely cut from the same cloth. I could talk to you for like a week straight on motherhood and parenting. (laughs) So thank you so much for having us. Thank you. You can find Amy at amydebrick.com. She's on Facebook as Surrender Your Fear, and she's on Instagram as Amy Debrick. I'll link to this and her book in the show notes.
If you want to dig deeper into what we talk about on the podcast each week, check out the Build Your Best Family Facebook group. It's where we hang out with some fabulous women and we practice what we've learned. There's also encouragement, group coaching, and incredible resources there too. Remember, family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose.